This is Conversations with Corliss, the leadership podcast that gives you real and authentic advice that can help you change your life for the better. Here we will listen to stories and have conversations with people who are just like you, people who are chasing their dreams and making them happen. Your host, Corliss, is a modern-day purpose-driven leader. As an entrepreneur, she has developed a multi-million dollar business, leading thousands of people to discover their potential and reach their personal goals, all while balancing the responsibilities of raising her three children. She is a powerful, inspirational speaker, a certified success principles coach, and the founder and CEO of Corliss Co. Consulting, Incorporated. Hi, everyone. This is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it. My name is Corliss, and I'm so glad you are here. I love hanging out with people who are motivated to be more and do more. It's exciting to be surrounded by positive people who want to grow and live to their full potential. I know that's you or you wouldn't have landed here. My goal in bringing you this podcast is to help you take control of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. Thank you for spending some time with me today. This is episode 001, where we are talking about keeping your emotional and mental health strong with Belinda Ginter. David Satcher said, there is no health without mental health. And one of my all-time favorite mentors, Louise Hay, taught us that we cannot change another person. Let others be who they are and simply love who you are. I often talk about how taking control of your life is a choice, and although on some level we all know that this is the truth, when you're in the chaos of life, in confusing relationships, feeling stuck, or doubting yourself, you may not be able to connect to that power. I get it. I've been there. We have all been there. But just because it's been that way doesn't mean it has to stay that way. You do have the power to lead your life instead of life leading you. Keeping your mental and emotional health intact is the most important thing that you can do as it will give you the clarity, strength, and courage to do what you need to do to escape the chaos and create a peaceful and happy life where you feel empowered and in charge. If you are someone who is there in that dark place right now, stick with us as today's guest is going to have lots of valuable wisdom and advice to help you. If you are someone who is feeling strong and focused right now, stay with us as well because today's guest speaker will help you grow to the next level. I am so excited for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Belinda. I met Belinda a while back when attending a conference in California. As soon as we arrived, she greeted me and my team with such enthusiasm. I couldn't wait to learn from her. We all really connected with her message on mindset and emotional health, and it's a real privilege to share her with all of you today. So let's begin with sharing a little bit about your story. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, And and I can, I'm very excited (laughs) to to spend some time with you and, and also your listeners. So thank you for having me on. My pleasure. So my story begins very humbly, really. I, I'm of simple beginnings. I, I grew up on welfare in low-income housing. 
Um, and I think that's when my mindset um, journey began because I started looking around and seeing that my belief systems did not match those of who were closest around me. Um, I, I could clearly see how people's decisions were affecting their outcomes. Um, and that's where my curiosity started with how our emotions affect our success and how our mindset affects everything in our lives, really. Wow, interesting. You really have come a long way. So how did you go from living on welfare to who you are today? Just kind of give us a snippet. Yeah, really slow and steady, to be quite honest with you. Um, I moved out of my home when I was, I think, 15, and then got student welfare. Um, I had a fabulous um, doctor who helped me get a start and get a footing. So I'm so grateful to live in a country that helps people get started. And that's what I, I looked at. It. I never looked at welfare as a be all end all for me. Um, it was where I started and it was a stepping block to, to get me to more secure ground. Um, so from going on student welfare, I graduated high school, applied to college, went to college and started educating myself and dived deep immediately into um, personal growth and self-growth um, videos and cassettes back then. I'm aging myself, but <laughs> <laughs> I had like Tony Robbins, you know, first cassettes and things like that. And, and I spent my off time when I wasn't studying, really studying personal growth and how I could get myself ahead. And it was a huge aha for me that you have to do the work to get what you want. And you, it's so easy just to continue doing what we're all doing. However, we will still get the same outcome. So it was a real education for me to know that I have to work on my mental health and I need to work on my personal growth and it has to be never ending studies, like you've never arrived. Wow, I'm inspired already, you know, just because a lot of people just don't choose that, or maybe they don't understand that they have a choice in that. And clearly, you're not one of those people. So for those who don't know, can you explain to us a little bit about what even is an emotional kinesiologist? Yeah, absolutely. So years ago, I took a course um, in, it was called Backman Emotional Technique. And it, it really was an amazing course at opening my eyes to emotional kinesiology. Now, emotional kinesiology is made up of, of a number of techniques. I've actually developed my own, the emotional wellness technique over time. But really, emotional kinesiology is um, using kinesiology, so using muscle testing, either in person or long distance, as a way to test for people's emotions. Now, what I love about it is you can test for even subconscious negative emotions that are sitting in people's bodies. And what this has helped my clients do in like 20 minutes or less, really get to the core of their issues and it bypasses all of their prejudices or all of their, um, their, See, we all think that our issue is one thing, and often when I test the body, it's something much deeper. So it gets rid of that surfacey stuff so we can go right to the core problem and deal with it. Wow. Okay. Again, I'm in. Like, I love that because generally as a coach, I see a lot of times that there's the surface things that are going on, but generally there is a trigger like way below that, the core, the root of it. So basically in your line of work, you help people get to the core of it to correct it right from there. 
really that's what I do. And, and, you know, I know even in therapy, cause I have been to a therapist myself, I can control that, um, conversation a lot of the time, especially if you have a stronger personality than your therapist, <laughs> often you can kind of walk in and dominate and talk about the things that you can really steer clear of the things that you're really not into talking about that day. But what my work does is just kind of bring them to a safe place where they can trust themselves that whatever comes up um, in the body, it only brings up stuff that you're sick and tired enough that it's ready to deal with it now. It like prioritize it for you, but it's never anything that they don't know about. So it's very safe and very comforting to know that I find. That is really quite fascinating, honestly. So Okay, we're talking about two different types of health here. So emotional health and mental health. So can you just for the for the listeners, just for the audience to kind of make the clarification for the purpose of this podcast, the difference between the two, obviously, they're connected because we're one whole being. But say, like, if you were to explain what emotional health is, and what mental health is, kind of can you share the differences? Well, I think the best example would be right now we're, they're doing a lot of studies on um, cancer patients and cancer survivors and the rate of, pe- of the survivors that redevelop cancer. And what they're finding is that they have to deal with the mental health and the physical health first and, and get that all under control, of course. But if the, you're not also dealing with the emotions that could have triggered the disease, then a lot of reoccurrence is happening. So we have to look at our our physical and our mental health as being married. They're one, they're a couple, but there's this other factor on the side to the far left, which is is your emotional wellness. And, you know, emotions can trigger dis-ease or disease in the body as fast as anything else. We all know um, you know, the studies are endless on stress, correct? Like we know that stress can make us ill, that can, you know, make us lose our hair, that can make us lose our sleep, um, can create all these crazy, um, you know, physical things in our body. And stress is really an indicator of what emotions you're feeling, like what emotions triggered that stress to then trigger the physical and the mental. So they are all deeply connected, but I don't think it's responsible to deal with one without dealing with all of them. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So let's talk a little bit about making it a priority. In today's times, I mean, we just have so many things going on. And it's like we talk about, you know, getting to the core and taking care of our emotional and our physical and our spiritual and our mental health. It's And then taking care of our families and up, upholding our responsibilities. And of course, sometimes life can just simply take over. So why should we make our mental health our first priority, knowing that it's married to our emotional health as well? Yeah, you know, because without it, we have nothing really is the simple answer. Um, Without a strong mental health and without a strong emotional health and physical health, we're shut down completely as human beings. We can't function. So really, it has to be a decision you make every morning Um, because there's many times I don't feel like working out. There's many times I don't feel like, you know, um, meditating. And there's many times I I don't even feel like journaling or, or doing a lot of the things I do as my morning routine. But I also know how my day goes when I don't do those things. And I see the results in my life. Maybe my relationships aren't 
that great that week or I'm not communicating to the level that I usually can communicate at a high level at. You know, I do notice the difference between when I when I make it a priority and when I don't. And so for the days that I don't want to, I have learned that I don't go by my feelings in the moment because our ego has a beautiful way of tripping us up on that. So I don't go by the feels. I actually adapt the mindset of an athlete because there's many times an Olympic athlete does not feel like getting up at four in the morning and going running on that track or jumping in that pool to do laps, but they do it anyway and they show up. So we just have to retrain our brains to show up. And even when we don't have those feels, <laughs> you have to learn that um, your feels trip you up. Wow. Yeah, absolute truth. You know, if you think about it and you look at I like your example of the Olympic athletes, like how many times and how many hours and how many times do they fall down and they mustn't feel it and yet they get back up? It's just a conscious choice every day of like, this is who I'm going to be and how I'm going to show up. And that's why I talk about leadership and choosing to be the leader in your own life by making those decisions. I couldn't be more excited than to tell you about an event I'm hosting in Edmonton on May 2nd. It's called the LEAD Conference. This is the first event out of my home province and we are pulling out all the stops to bring you the best experience. We have the perfect mix of practical how-to training and inspirational speakers, real people who are leading their lives past personal hardship and limitations. And the venue? Well, you just gotta see it. I hold these conferences because I love being around motivated people. There is nothing like real life training, connection, and inspiration. I really hope you will join us so you can get inspired and energized to lead your best life. If you are looking to showcase your business, there are limited spots available at the event. Contact me through corliss.ca. And of course, to get your tickets to the LEAD Conference Edmonton, head on over to Eventbrite. Would you agree it's the repetition that creates masters in anything you're talking about? So whether it's leadership or you're talking about your emotional wellness or, or mental wellness, it is that repetition and that consistency of showing up that that makes great leaders, that makes great athletes, that makes great human beings overall. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Like if there was on a scale of one to 10, I'm at 11 on that. So it's just like we're creatures of habit. As human beings, we get up and we can let life lead us or we can choose to lead it ourselves. And if we practice it intentionally every day, it gets easier and easier and just becomes our life and becomes our habit and our pattern for being. Most people though, or a lot of people are just letting life take over. And it's like everything, whatever hits them for the day. So you can shift that immediately by saying, nope, this is what I, these are the practical things that I do. And these are the things on how I take action in my own life. So let's talk about those practical things that someone can do to practice a healthy and maintain a healthy mindset. Yeah. You have to have non-negotiables. Um, that's just a given. So there has to be things in your life that are non-negotiable. Um, for me, um, Waking up and um, getting my body moving is a non-negotiable. Doing gratitude. I always do a rampage of gratitude right off the bat. So what, what that is, is the minute my eyes open or I'm consciously aware that I'm awake, sometimes my eyes aren't even open at that point, I start doing a rampage of, 
of appreciation, gratitude. I start with like anything I can feel. So I, I'm so grateful for this cozy bed that kept me warm and safe all night. I'm so grateful to have pillows. I'm so grateful for the fur babies I have laying at my feet and my beautiful, amazing husband who's laying right next to me. I am so grateful that I have another day on this earth. And I keep this going for as long as I can. So I'll be walking to the shower going, I am so grateful that I live in a country with running, running water. And not only do I have running water at, like at any time I want it on demand, I also have hot water. And I'm so grateful to have clean towels. And I'm so, and I go as long as I can. Sometimes it can be up to 20 minutes um, of, of really staying in a state of gratitude. Because what most people don't know is within the first 15 seconds of you awaking, you really set the tone for your whole day. And your day can go in a way that your ego wants you to trip up in, you know, in a, in because your first negative subconscious belief can come in as quickly as, you know, the first 15 seconds. And it, it comes fast and furious. So you almost have to be ahead of the game at the moment you know you're consciously awake. If you start going into gratitude, it changes your whole day, in fact, your whole life. So that's really my start, you know. Then we go into um, journaling. So I will read a chapter of of a book, anything inspirational, um, maybe something um, entrepreneurial because I'm an entrepreneur um, or something, just a great poem. I surround myself with, with books on great poets, great, anything that can inspire me. So there's no rules to what that book has to be. I just read, I commit to reading a chapter first thing in the morning. That leads me into a meditation practice that takes maybe all of 10 minutes followed by journaling whatever came up for me in, in that time. Um, all of this can be done in less than 20 minutes. It's not like it has to take a big chunk of your day, but it's just getting into the habit of doing it so that it's second nature for you and it's not something you have to make yourself do or convince yourself to do. Your body goes into autopilot with healthy things. Love it. And, you know, as you were talking about, you know, opening your eyes and you've got your pillow and your warm bed and your fur babies and walking to the shower and you're so grateful for running, running water, immediately I felt a shift in myself. So it's like if everyone started their day just with full of gratitude for everything that you have and focused on that, how different our days would go, right? Because it's that setting that intention. Society really wants us to look at what's wrong because that's how commercialism works and we'll buy stuff if we think something's wrong. Like if we look around our house and see all the imperfections in our houses, then, you know, we're out at Home Depot, we're buying all this stuff, we're doing all these things. If we're looking at the imperfections in our bodies, then again, we're going out and we're finding clothes that will cover up those imperfections. We're, you know, running and booking a Botox appointment. We're, you know, so we are absolutely trained to see what's wrong but you can reshape that and really make a conscious decision every morning to really look for what's right. And that will carry on into your whole day. You'll start looking for what's right in the person that you're having interactions with. You'll find what's right with your children and with your spouse or your partner. And it just is this beautiful flow that will happen, but it is a conscious decision because, and you're constantly being challenged. 
Because as soon as you turn on the TV, as soon as you turn on the radio, as soon as you start interacting with others, they'll tend to take, try and take you to what's wrong. And literally, as soon as they start that, I say a race in, out loud or in my head. And I bring myself back to finding things that are right. Beautiful. Such a great share. So you've talked about how to maintain a healthy mindset. Let's talk about what should be avoided in order to remain mentally and emotionally strong. Yeah, those people who tear you down, those people who tell you that your dreams aren't, you know, cannot come to fruition. Um, I call them dream killers. Um, The people that consistently show up in your life to bring you down. And And I know... Um, We wanted to get into the topic of narcissism, which I'm extremely passionate about because I feel like that's a really good example of people to run away from, not just walk away from. Isn't that the truth? Wow. So let's go there. So let's talk a little bit about that because there is people who will be listening to this. I think dysfunction is more common than not. Let's talk about people who are living in dysfunctional relationships and what actionable steps that they can take to lead their lives instead of falling victim to what's going on in their world of dysfunction. Yeah, it's truly what I had to do as a child. As I was walking around, it was just dysfunction and chaos most where I looked but you have to realize that you could play an active part in that or you can choose a different path so really understanding that you're not a victim that everything's a learning experience no matter how rough it can be um and and know that I'm saying that as you know a survivor of sexual assault I'm saying that as someone who was you know beyond the poverty level like below the poverty level um And I'm saying that about myself too. Like I didn't ask for anything to happen to me. However, I'm not a victim of the circumstance because I was able to find a way to rise above it and to make those life experiences be something that I can help other people with. So I de-victimized myself when I used it for the greater good. So know that I have been there. I understand it. I know looking around, there's a feeling of hopelessness and that these things will never end and that there's never a way out. But I can promise you that there is always a way out. You just have to be extremely resourceful. And I think knowledge is power, right? So if you learn and understand it. Yes. And never stop. Mm hmm. Never stop learning, learn it, understand it. And, you know, one of my favorite leadership coaches says, you can be a victim or you you can be a leader, but you can't be both. And sometimes we fall into victim mode, we fall, and then we pull ourselves back out into leader mode. And what Belinda's referencing here, just to kind of add to it, is that when you're a victim, you give up all your power to the situation. When you put yourself in the space of, I am the leader of this, I'm going to take responsibility for this, and I have some actionable steps that I can take, things that are within my control, which are the practical things that Belinda's talked about here today. When you do that, you empower yourself to make change. Yeah, because we can choose to allow ourselves to get victimized daily by past events, by just talking about the past and bringing it into our present every single day, by talking about what happened to us constantly. I find this constantly with um, clients that are, say, going through a divorce. Like, by talking about it and talking about it and talking back, we actually allow ourselves to become the victim every single day, and that feels terrible, correct? 
but when we choose to stop talking about the past and to start start it today, today I'm going to do this. I'm looking forward to tomorrow for this. And we stay more present. I found that was so helpful for me personally to go from victim to victor. Such an incredible statement right there. So narcissism, that's um, part of dysfunction, obviously, and narcissistic people. And I think there's a lot of narcissism in our world today. So explain what it is for those who don't even fully understand exactly what narcissism is and why and how it plays on our emotional well-being. Yeah, first of all, I'm I'm happy to explain it. Know that I am not medically trained and, and I would rather speak from experience about narcissism, but I, I'm actually pleased that some of our listeners will learn about narcissism by this definition and not have to experience it and define it themselves because it, it is um, a life-shattering um, event to, to meet a narcissist, be involved with a narcissist in any way. So really narcissism to me and the best example I can give you is when you enter into a relationship and that can be friendship, that can be a, a, a working relationship, that can be a romantic relationship, but any relationship, you enter into these relationships with just a huge heart and tons of love, willing to be 100% in, team player, loyal, strong, emotionally well, and really at the top of your game, you know, you enter in with so much self-confidence and so much belief in yourself and you're just strong is the only way I can describe it. And then you meet a narcissist and then you leave the relationship questioning, questioning your sanity, questioning your actions or, or basically everything about you. Your self-esteem is, you know, if you... If you're visual like me and you like visualizations, you know, the gas tank is has that line and you're not even at the line where you're empty of gas. You're like far below it. Um, so your self-esteem is gone. Your sense of self is gone and you're emotionally sick. And usually a narcissist, one of their famous moves is and, and how they're able to gain control over your emotional life is by removing the people who are closest to you when you meet them. They'll start telling you stories about how these people are good for you and how, you know, spend more time with them over these people. And so you usually leave that relationship alone as well. So it's a very orchestrated and strategic dance that the narcissist sees someone with a big heart, lots of shine, lots of radiance, has a lot of the qualities that they don't have, and then tries to basically eliminate all of, all of those um, beautiful traits and, and things that, that they love so much. They, if you look at it as, you know, you're shining bright and you, you have this beautiful torch, and the narcissist really, their main goal is to extinguish that light. I just got a good visualization there, and that's really so true. And it is a, a really big topic, and a lot of a lot. It's a, like an epidemic that's going on in our world today. I think, and um, I'm really grateful that you would kind of address it a little bit here. So let's just talk about how a person can take their power back. Then, so when dealing with a narcissist, how do you take the power back? Like to go from victim to victor. I really have not seen cases where people were able to regain their power while still having contact with a narcissist. Um, so removing yourself 
completely um, from that person or situation is, is the number one step to, to regaining your power under kind of a, a narcissistic um, trance is the only way I can describe. Because the thing is, when you're in it, you don't even realize it's happening. It's because you're generally just such a, a good-hearted person that you're seeing the best in people. And, but this person is, is using that, that strength as a weakness for you. So right. really, you have to remove yourself, just like anything. Like when you're standing in, in the lake and it's all mucky, you can't see anything. You can't even see the next steps your, your feet want to take. But immediately when you step away and you let the muck settle or the dust settle, then you can see your next steps. So stepping away, I always say running, not walking away, is, is and, and having clear boundaries where, it, again, it's non-negotiable to even have communication um, in that relationship It is key. And then it, it's slowly, again, organically, slowly building yourself back up. And every day, just work 1% at like your self-esteem. And at the end of the year, you will have built your self-esteem by 365% but you did it in a healthy and slow way, get help, talk to people, talk to therapists, talk to coaches, talk to people who can support you, get those people around you that were around you in the beginning that the narcissist was um, intimidated by, bring them back into your life. You know, allow those people around you again. They were always meant to be around you that you were just kind of under a trance when you kind of eliminated them from your life. But it, it's a slow and steady climb and you just have to be patient with yourself. But there will be a day where you're completely free of the narcissist control and you're able to stand on your own two feet again. It just takes time. So patience is a big part of this. And once you're free from it, you will recognize it and never fall into that trance again. So I have three closing questions that I like to ask all of my podcast guests before I ask them. Do you have anything else that you want to offer for value for the, those who are listening today? Because everything that you've shared has just been so insightful and so amazing. Anything extra you'd like to add? Um, I did jot down some notes, so I would love to share a few extra pieces of advice. And, and really, my first one is that you can truly accomplish anything you, your heart desires. Now, is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. Um, anything really worth it often isn't easy in life. Um, but I find that you sometimes need to create an alter ego to accomplish the extraordinary things that you want to do. Um, there's a really good book by Todd uh, Harmon out there called Alter Ego. And it really shows you how people like Beyonce are, be able, are able to step on stage and become Sasha Fierce, her alter ego. And when you see like interviews by, by Beyonce, she says like she can do and wear and <laughs> do things that I could never do. But when I tap into her energy, when I become Sasha Fierce, everything is opened up to me. And I can do these extraordinary things that aren't possible for me personally. So, you know, I hashtag myself unstoppable Belinda long before I was. And I had to really tap into the fact that that is who is going to write books. That is going to 
be who speaks to, to millions on stage. That's going to be the one who shows up big in the world. And it really took all the pressure off all my little human insecurities. Um, so I highly suggest, you know, informing yourself about alter egos, learning how to play with them and, and learning how to smash some amazing glass ceilings as your alter ego, which is a, just a beautiful extension of yourself. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here smiling ear to ear thinking, Kate, that is something that I haven't heard before. I haven't even heard of that book and I must get it immediately. Like today, as soon as we're done this podcast, I am going to get it because I think that there is a person that we can step into being in. Like, I love how you said it's an extension of yourself, like the greatest you. There's things that Belinda can't do. Um, that, you know, for whatever reason, I just don't believe it's humanly possible for me. But when I adopt that alter ego, like most, you know, like pro football players do, they become a different person on the field so they can accomplish things that, that are far beyond our human limits. Um, it really makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? It sure does. That's awesome advice. Anything else? Another thing I wanted to share um, was about we really need to know our personal why of why we're doing what we want to do. You know, it has to be in alignment with who, who we are at a soul level. It has to make sense to us. It has to further ourselves and our family has to benefit us in some way, or we just won't do it, but take that a step further and really take time to discover your world. Why? Because I'm telling you there's days when you wake up that your personal gain won't be enough to motivate you to become that great leader, to make change in the world, to shine in whatever zone of genius you want to take to the world. But if you have a strong understanding of your world why, like what changes you want to make in the world and why, that will get you out of bed every single time, driven, motivated, and able to do the job, where sometimes your, your personal why will, will leave you a little bit short. Something bigger than you. Yes, much bigger than you. Much yeah. bigger than your family, much bigger than your current surroundings. Um, like a, like my world why is to be a, a big donor. Like I want to walk into the charities that I love and cherish, be able to write those big checks to help them. Because as much as they need volunteers, they also need financial gains so that they can stay open, so that they can help people. So on the days when I'm feeling very human, very unmotivated, very undriven, and oh my gosh, those days come. Um, it's that worldwide that keeps me going. It's that like, how am I going to create a legacy that, that changes everything about whether I do the actions or not? That's worldwide like that. Another great piece of advice. So what does leadership mean to you? So if there was one way of describing it, what does it mean to you? Leadership is when you see yourself as an equal with the people around you and you join forces with them to create great things. I think the best leaders are the ones who stand with their team shoulder to shoulder and really be part of whatever they're coming they're trying to bring into fruition. Um, they lead by example and they really inspire and empower others by being very closely involved. 
I agree completely. So you mentioned one book already. Um, did you want to recommend any other books or any other podcasts that are really hot for you right now or that kind of in the beginning changed your life? Oh gosh, the list would be endless, but really um, Power of the Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy was life-changing for me. Um, you can just buy the original version because I think they've gone on to put, you know, powers of conscious mind for work and for whatever, but you really just need the original one. Um, I, I found the concepts in that book absolutely life-shifting. As far as podcasts, of course yours, um, but other ones I love would be Lewis House's um, School of Greatness. Oprah's Super Soul. And um, if we have any entrepreneurs on here, the one I enjoy for entrepreneurism is Momentum by Alex Sharfin. Oh, I hadn't heard of that one. Great. Thank you. And I actually love the, so we're so aligned in so many ways because I love Super Soul and I also love the School of Greatness. So, oh, great. Well, yeah. Lewis Houses is, uh, from meeting him in person and spending time with him, um, is a great example of someone um, in leadership that has stayed with his tribe and hasn't hasn't thought he's above anybody. I mean, um, we hired him to do a, a speaking gig, basically, where he didn't have to do anything other than speak. He stayed back behind and waited till any single person who wanted to talk to him was able to talk to him for however long they wanted to talk to him and signed every single book for anyone who wanted a book signing. And I thought he, he's a very good example of, of someone who leads with heart and service and hasn't lost himself in leadership, is still very much standing with his people shoulder to shoulder. Wow. Do I agree with that? Because I happen to be one of those people that he spent time with. He signed my book. He signed a book for my son. He was simply awesome. So I, I agree with that again. <laughs> so tell us, based on where your life is at right now, Considering all the things that you've learned through your highs and lows, what two pieces of advice would you offer everyone? You know, I gave a few pieces of advice earlier, so I'm going to leave you with one thought. And, and really the thought is the biggest thing I want you to know is that you are not your current situation. You are not the amount of money in your bank account today. You are not whatever dress size or clothing size you're in. You're not the people who are around you right now. You're not even your current situations of where you live. All of those things are situational and they're temporary. So please wake up and see your greatness and don't focus on maybe what's currently in front of you. Really know that you can change all of those things in an instant by just making different decisions. So please don't judge yourself unnecessarily on maybe the, the partner you're with right now and it's not working out or some of the friendships that are around you that you really just know they're not truly your friends or kind of just hanging, you know, or you're maybe looking at your bank account and it, it doesn't have the dollar amount of your worth. Um, know that that's okay, it's all temporary. And that what's coming is, is so much bigger, so much better. And every day, as long as you stay in consistent, repetitive action towards going towards what you want, you will see those things, you know, maybe get lower or get higher. If it's your dress size, maybe you want it lower. <laughs> but your bank account, you want to see higher numbers. But really, you'll see these gradual shifts 
in what's around you. And, and as you shift and change and you allow your, your mindset to, and your emotions to be dealt with, then the people who aren't meant in your life just simply kind of exit stage right. And, and you don't have to even worry about that or take it personally or anything. And, and what that does is create space for the right people to show up. The people who love you, who respect you, who care about you, a strong inner circle that wants to celebrate your successes instead of bring you down. And it just happens very gradually and organically and naturally. So again, it's not something you have to put thought in, but just, Know if you're looking around and the things you're looking at right now don't align with you. They don't make you feel on top of the world. Just know they're all very temporary and what's coming is, is better than you ever imagined. Love it. What great advice and so many nuggets of wisdom in this. I cannot even begin to express how grateful I am that you took the time to share with us today. Thank you so much, Belinda. Thank you for having me and thank you to all the listeners for spending time with me. I mean, time is value and I really hold that dear. So thank you for spending this time listening and, and, and discovering and, and maybe changing a few mindsets. Yes, absolutely. So where can people reach out to find you? Where can they follow along? Please go ahead and share all of your social channels or where they could get a copy of anything that you've got to share. Right. So the best way to reach me is through my website. It's my name.com. So www.belindaginter.com. You can also join my free Facebook group, which is Unstoppable Mindset on Demand with Belinda Ginter. Just simply search it and send me a request. And I am found on Instagram at Unstoppable Belinda. Fantastic. Thanks again. Have a wonderful day. See you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time. And I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose and be the leader you are meant to be.